in everything in business is you're not entitled to shit. Yeah. Nobody owes you fucking views. They right. don't owe you their business. Like, oh, so-and-so is winning and I'm not. Well, fuck, maybe learn from them. Mm-hmm. Like, what are they doing differently? Maybe it's not fair, but somebody hooked them up. Yeah. Okay, well, how do you get your hookup? What value could you provide to people so that you could get that shortcut too? Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. We're doing it the right way anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Travis Makes Friends Podcast. Today, I have a friend of mine, Neil Dingra, in studio. Neil comes from the mortgage space. He's got decades of experience selling mortgages on cold calls, which is something that we talk about. And then uh, he started using that money to start investing into real estate, residential and commercial and all that good stuff. And then a few years ago, got into building his personal brand after watching a little bit of Gary Vee, which, you know, who didn't? Although, you know, some people started and then stopped. Well, he started and just kept going with it and now his audience organically. And I've gotten pretty good at this point of sniffing out like who has fake audiences, fake followers, fake engagement, fake likes and comments and all that other stuff. And who's doing it for real? And Neil is one of those guys that's doing it for real. He came and spoke at a mastermind that I'm a part of, I want to say six, eight months ago. And whenever I hear somebody talk about social media, most of the time when they're saying stuff, it's like that's been taught for the last, you know, three or four years and some of it's outdated and it's just, there's nothing new under the sun, but sometimes it's just like a super repetitive. But Neil came up and gave a bunch of really great advice on how to create short form video content specifically for your brand to blow up on Instagram and TikTok, YouTube shorts and all these other platforms because everybody's optimizing for this short form video. And I actually learned some stuff from it. So after that talk, we connected and he hit me up with some podcasting things. And then I was asking him some questions on his short form content and we eventually schedules lined up and he made it in studio here today. So we talk a little bit about why he got into creating content to begin with, what he would recommend to young people who are trying to make more money. We talk about some different social media strategies that have been working for him. We talk about how he filled a thousand person live event completely organically without a dollar in paid advertising, which is pretty wild. Lots of things we talk about in this episode. I think it's going to be really helpful for you. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Neil Dingra. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Travis Makes Friends podcast. Today, I am sitting down and making friends with Neil Dingra. Neil, what's up, dude? Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Of course. It. Welcome to the studio, the you know hacked together in home this studio. Is, this is nice, man. I the, like what you did here. The thing is, you can't tell that it's hacked together home studio on the camera. So no, I'm just you would think we're on like yeah. some blue wire too. Yeah, yeah, blue wire part two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, dude, I've been looking forward to doing this uh, yeah. for a while. You spoke at, I think it was an Avengers event, which is a mastermind yep. that I'm in for real estate investors specifically. It's kind of like got grandfathered into that group from the 100 million group that I was in. And a, a lot of times I'll see a lot of like same familiar faces in the crowd because yeah. I've been in that group since like 2019. So a lot of the people that I see come in and out, a lot of the speakers, I'll see them online. I know almost everybody that yeah. they bring in before they bring them in, or I've had them on my show or something. Yep. And so when you came up, I was like, I have never heard of this guy. Wonder what his deal is. And then the thing that you were talking about was social media content, which is stuff that we do a lot of. So yeah. I was very curious what the talk was going to be. And I've heard a lot of people talk on these types of things, but I wanted to bring you on the show because I liked the style of content that you were doing. I liked the, the metrics that you were posting. I liked how you tied them directly to like business results. It wasn't just, you know, vanity metrics and things yeah. that didn't matter. So there was a lot of things about, about your talk that, that again, I, I was learning from, which I'm not to say that I'm like the expert at this point, but I have been doing this for a while and it's hard sometimes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, you'll bring people in, they all say the same thing. Same so I was, it was refreshing to hear a new and fresh perspective on it, which I want to get into with you. But before we do that, the show is called Travis Makes Friends because it's my goal to share stories of people who chose an unconventional path in life so that the listener, the audience can kind of see, hey, maybe this path that I'm currently on isn't the best path for me and I want to go to something different. So yeah. let's rewind the clock. 10-year-old, 11-year-old Neil, yeah. set the scene for me. Where were you in the world? You know What was growing up like for Neil? So immigrant family. My parents from India. I was born here in the US. My brother, sister, and I grew up in a, you know, that conservative family where your parents want you to be the best student. 
become a doctor, lawyer, you know, how all that stuff goes. They're, you know, deep into higher education. So it was all about, you know, work hard, keep your head down, do all that stuff. I bring that up because I was recently at this event where this dude, my buddy, Renee, he basically helps you come up with your thing, your, your message, your brand. And he goes back to like, when you were a kid during this specific, the ages that you just said, by the Mm -hmm. way, which is kind of weird. He said, anywhere between 10 and 12 during those years, something clicked with you either that you really, that's like, is the thing that you wanted to have come out later in life, or it was the exact opposite of that. Hmm. Meaning like it was something that you don't want to do when you, and it kind of came. So for me, it wasn't anything wrong with my parents. Like they're great. It was awesome. But they always told me to just kind of like work hard. Don't make a scene, keep your head down, Mm -hmm. get a good job, do the traditional path, do the traditional path, you know, save your money, all your money. Don't waste money on anything, save every nickel. And then you'll someday be able to retire. Yeah. And you know, that was the path, right? 40, 40, 40 plan. Yeah. Yeah. And so like later in life found out that, Hey, you know, I'm, like I felt kind of like constrained by that. You know what I mean? So kind of just continued doing the normal path of that everyone's done, like school, all that stuff. And then- So you, it, you ended up going yeah. to college? Yeah, I ended up going. And then in two years in, I quit going to school because I got into finance, mortgage finance. Okay. And this was during the crazy days of like pre-2008. So it was 2004, 2005. Yeah, exactly. Time frame. So just doing crazy No shit. RESPA, no No, tila. no rules. Yeah. 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 Like you get a pulse, you can buy a house. Yeah. And, and you people, can sell mortgages. Yes. <laughs> you don't even have to get, so, well, you had to get a real estate license, right? You didn't know there was no the, NMLS. This anything. is the craziest shit. So back then, you'll be freaking shocked. The process to get a mortgage license when I got licensed was a form. They didn't even have it digitized. It was a piece of paper and you mailed it with a check for $75 to Carson City. <laughs> Bro, I'm not fucking kidding you. This is the, this <laughs> is the process. <laughs> That's then so then they funny. added, you had to turn in your fingerprint cards, but I okay. don't think they ever ran the cards. Yeah. So you would go to like get your fingerprint cards, like a police card type yeah, shit. Yeah. But I don't think they ever ran it because I knew felons yeah. who were doing mortgages. Like honestly, you know, so. Um, Famously. You, yeah. So you would, <laughs> yeah. you would get a piece of paper, a check for $75 made payable to the department of whatever on your fingerprint cards. And you were now a licensed mortgage. Certified, baby. Certified, bro. Let's so this. we started doing mortgages. I was doing like regular loans at a bank and my brother was doing mortgages. He's like, you need to get over here. We're making a lot of money. So I started learning that. Your brother, older, younger? Older. Okay. So he so, brought me into that. He was like- So he was already done with college. Yeah. He found this thing. Yep. You were in college. I'm sure your parents were super stoked that your oh, brother yeah. pulled you very, out of school. They're very excited about that. It was like a frat house, bro. It was like, you know, just people make, you ever see the boiler room? Oh yeah, totally. Boiler room vibes. Yep. Money. A lot of things I can't say. But anyways, like that, all, all that shit happened. And then what happened was like everything collapsed, you know, 2008. So just full collapse. Yeah. We had about 40 people in an office. It was, everybody was just went on to different things, mm-hmm. you know, and we, it was just me and my brother. We subleased our office out and we cook one room that was the size of this. So it was your studio. office. Yeah. We, oh, had okay. a, we had a whole company, like more. So you brokerage. weren't even the one just, you weren't even just one of the guys hitting phones. You no, were. no. We were like running a division for a company. We had a yeah. partnership, everything that company went under. So then we had to just go get our own license and do yeah. loans. So we kind of got through that period of 08 to like 12, which was just bad. And it was it mostly just like you two? What, yeah. what, what made you stay in it when everybody else was leaving? So honestly, I didn't know what to do. It was the only thing I knew. Yeah. And so there was ways to make money. It was like less people were buying homes, but there were still people out there like picking up houses on the cheap. Mm-hmm. There were still government programs to help people stay in their home that mm-hmm. we had to help. There was like reverse mortgages for senior. There was still ways to make money in the industry. It was just yeah. slow. So I just stuck with it because like- And I didn't, you actually had to be qualified to buy a home. Yeah, so it got <laughs> very like difficult. Stated income only. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can afford that. We okay, to, great. Here's yeah. a million dollar home. Yeah. Exactly. So we like, luckily I saved a few nickels like along the way. So it wasn't like broke. It could survive. I remember a couple of years we had like very little income, but you know, did was okay. It, was it like I told you so moment for your parents at all? Yeah, for sure. bro. Oh, yeah. They were like, man, see, this is all, this is what happens. Get rich quick scheme. Mm-hmm. You guys are all shysters. And then it took a while for like anybody in real estate and, and mortgage to like, get credibility again. You mm-hmm. people be like, dude, what do you do? I'll be like, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> like, you, know, <laughs> yeah, you don't even right. want to say it. Like mortgage. It's like you're dealing like, oh, coke. You're the, yeah. you're the guy that You're the reason it. our economy yeah. is in shambles. So it was just bad, but we got through that. And then from 12 onwards, just kept growing, like kept getting bigger, bigger. And we made a, we did like a joint venture, did all these cool things in the industry, bought a bunch of rentals and just kind of built my net worth and business just the old fashioned way. Like no social media shit, nothing like that. Just yeah on the ground, making relationships, shaking hands, 
closing <clears throat> deals, hiring people, running a business. Yeah. And then I just kind of, I would say like, got just burnt out of that whole industry. The hustle. Just the hustle, like, yeah. you know, just, you know, doing constant sales, cold calling leads, running a sales team, keeping them motivated. It's like, dude, what what is a better way to do this? Like, how do people do marketing? Because I was all sales, no marketing. Mm-hmm. And so then I got into like social media, you know, watching Gary Vee. And hey, you yeah. got to put out content. Well, what the fuck? How do you do that? So then I started doing it just really bad at first and slowly found my way. You know, when, when did was, you start posting? 2018. So prior to that, I didn't even have an account. Wow. I didn't like all my family was on social media. I was like, I'm not signing up for that So shit. 2008 to 2018, you were just slinging mortgages, phones, yeah. sales rooms. Yeah. We what? did mail, direct mail, bro. We did a lot of mail. I had that shit down to a science, like, you know, fake stamps on the letter so people would open them. We had a freaking handwriter, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. just like all the shit. Like I, I would all the little tricks. all the little tricks of yep. the trade to get people. To, so I knew like sales. Yeah, but as far as marketing that's some, goes, that's some. I mean, that's some marketing stuff, right? Mail yeah, yeah. and stuff like that's that. True, There's yeah. some psychology pieces that For work sure. online, just like they work on on mailers. Yeah, that's, we did the, a lot that's of interesting email about too. marketing and sales. Really, is like the principles are the same. Yeah, the platforms change, yeah. you know. the The method might might change, but the principle, you know, is, is human psychology. Yeah, like open rates, subject lines on emails. Mm-hmm. You know, how are we? What CRM are we using? How are we doing this? What's the email deliverability? All that kind of mm-hmm. shit. I was behind the scenes, just like a nerd mm-hmm. into that, but didn't have like a personal brand, didn't have an online yeah. presence or any of that stuff. I'm curious. Do you have anything off the top of your off the top of your head that was like a, a story of closing somebody down or you're on the phone and yeah. it's like it's seemingly impossible to get this person to close, but then you end up closing it? Do you have anything off the top of your head like that? Oh yeah. I'm sure that I mean there's a lot of stories like that of it's happened more now that I've gotten into B2B stuff. Really? But happened more back so. then it was more of just like we didn't really have to hard close anybody, you know, on buying a house for a while. Like you just wanted it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You know, you didn't really have to do much other yeah. than just be good at the process and build good relationships with the realtors. Exactly yeah. right. So that was it. But I remember, you know, there's definitely times when like people didn't qualify for stuff, and you had to like help them mm-hmm. get comfortable with it. You got to be the financial wizard, almost. Yeah. The scenes. And so that was a. There's been some difficult clients for sure, but yeah. we didn't really have the environment of like you had to hard close this guy for sure. a big. It was more just like they wanted it. And could you do it? Now we have to find the path. To exactly. Yeah. I was having a conversation with somebody recently because we we're just talking about like different career paths and stuff. And I, I come from a background of, of sales. I did like six years, seven years of door-to-door sales on yeah. multiple different products and stuff like that. And I typically recommend for people who don't have a clear direction of like where they want to go in life, yeah. like just do something in sales. Like get yourself in front of people, talking to people, get good at convincing people to buy something or persuading people to move toward of solution to the problem that they're experiencing. Yeah. Learn how to do that because that's going to spill into literally anything else that you want to do in life, yeah. including the things that you don't think it spills into. It spills into you yeah. know, the ability to communicate and persuade people to do something. So I'm curious, like if somebody came to you and asked you, you know, obviously you spent over a decade yeah. doing that exact thing. What are some of the biggest lessons that you took away from just that discipline of cold dialing and yeah. phone sales. Well, it's like you have to do the work. You know what I mean? And a lot of people in that time period, it's just who's willing to do it consistently mm. wins. You know what I mean? And so it's a lot of averages. Yeah. And the other part is just like attrition. Like people just quit along the way. Mm-hmm. People like another thing I notice is how easy it is to beat your competitor by simply just doing things in a structured way. Meaning mm-hmm. like, when do you make your calls? How many calls do you make a week? Yeah. You know, what's your process? Do you even have a process? Mm-hmm. I mean, so many people are in this just flying by the seat of their pants. Mm-hmm. And then you like years go by and you you just ran in the same place. Yeah. So how many people out there, like you're working your ass off, you feel like you're running and you look back and you've gone nowhere. Yeah, that's the worst. Bro, so, you've done so, nothing. Like, those you know are the I mean? people that are like, I have 16 years of experience. I'm like, no, no, correction. You have one year of experience yeah. done 16 times in a row. Yes. <laughs> you never did anything. So, you never moved to the yeah. next step. And so like the thing that I learned the most from that whole period was you can make a lot of money, but you're building just cash, but you're not building any business mm. because you're on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. The second you stop running, your business stops, mm-hmm. your money stops. You have no brand. Like you're as good as this month's pipeline. Mm-hmm. 
How many deals you got in the pipeline this month? None? Okay, you're worthless. Mm -hmm. Oh shit, what about that 10 years of education? Oh fuck, it's not worth anything. Yeah. Because you don't have any deals right now. So what I was viewing it as is like, hey, make some money, invest it properly. That's the only thing you could do. So I started buying real estate, which helped me build wealth. But like the actual business itself was not worth anything. And me personally, I had no brand. So that's why I was like, that's why I really, that's the first thing that attracted me to marketing stuff was like, hey, like now I'm not just building an income. I'm actually building a brand, a Reputation. business. Yeah, that's worth something. Yeah. And what it's, what's it worth? Well, it's worth a lot, you know, after you keep doing it for a while. Like mm -hmm. now you have relationships, you have, you know, different ways to get business. Yeah. You can attract business. You don't have to like chase people. You can attract people. It just makes like your life way better. Every like problem I had in life was solved by building a brand. And it's the difference between long-term and short-term yeah. thinking. For right? sure. Because especially if you don't come from money, you can get really wrapped up in some of those commission checks. Right? Oh, yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, I made $16,000 this month. Like that's, I, I thought I would have to be an anesthesiologist to make that much money. Yeah. And I made it by sending a $75 check in the mail. <laughs> And yeah. jumping on some phone calls. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, it, it's so like up and down. Right. And, you know, you're not in control of that. And that's rates the, go up and then you're out or, you know, the market doesn't crash. come through. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like there's some different things you could do to do it better. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to do something different. Yeah. Other than just building this month's or this week's sales. Uh, so I tell people if you're not in the long game, you're in the wrong game because you will always have to go out and go back and hunt. Yeah. You know, it's like the it's like the insurance salesman that is at every chamber of commerce meeting and has been there for the last 25 years brings the donuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, when are you going to be able to stop doing this activity? Yeah. You know, that that's when it kind of hit me was when I was like showing up to these things and I was knocking on doors and I was doing everything I was supposed to do and I was just like exactly what you're saying. Then you you go on vacation for a week and a half and you come home and you're like, "Oh, I'm not making any money." Yeah. Now I got to go work twice as hard. For the time that I took off to make up for the fact that I took some time off yeah, because you I wasn't making money while I was gone. You're on yeah. treadmill. You got to get it's back on the treadmill. Wheel. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the other part that sucks is it's you're just treated like a vendor. So, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, you're gone. Somebody else fills your spot. Yeah. Right. And what are you bringing? Flyers, tchotchkes, freaking donuts, bagels. <laughs> I mean, like what value is that? Somebody else can do the yeah. exact thing. You're, they just got, you're fully replaceable. They just got another beer koozie. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah, exactly, bro. So <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do different? So that's the part that I wanted to get off that hamster wheel. Yeah. And then I also saw that there was like, there's got to be a better way. And the other thing that got to me, and you probably felt this too, is probably why you do so much content. And I'm sure a lot of people who watch and listen to your stuff feel this way. Like, do you ever feel like you're meant to do more than what you're doing? Yeah, totally. You know? And so like, I had that nagging feeling for like a decade. Mm. Like, dude, I'm more than just a loan officer. I'm more than just a sales dude or a freaking realtor or whatever you are. Like, you want to do more. Mm -hmm. You want to help more people. You want to make a bigger impact. You want to have a purpose. Yeah. And so I wasn't finding that in what I was doing. And I think like, that's what kind of, I didn't know it at the time, but that's what kind of drew me to like putting myself out there. Because mm -hmm. now you do have a purpose. You're helping people. You're helping people that you don't even make money from, but you're just making an impact. And people are now better off because of what you did. Were you comfortable making the first few videos that you made? No, man, these are terrible, bro. <laughs> you gotta, I can't even show you. I was gonna say, you yeah. still have them or? We have some, we lost some, but there's some, I think I have like a lot of the stuff from 18, bad, cringeworthy. Yeah. You know, it's bad. You can't even watch your own video. Yeah. You know, you can't even get through it. How do you expect other people to get through it? Did if you, you, can't you didn't do it? anything prior to that. I'm assuming like no, no other form of nothing content or i mean i speaking write, i would or... write i dude i was terrified to speak could yeah. not speak in front of people i was the best man for my brother's wedding literally looked down at my phone and read the speech because mm. i was so like scared to speak in front of a group so anyway could not speak could not do video but just started and just got through that really awkward phase totally and then it just kind of got better i started doing meetups like small events mm -hmm. for like local people in my industry okay and, Mortgage and professionals, even, real estate yeah, professionals. Yeah, real estate professionals. And then also doing it for like consumers. Okay. I would have like five, 10 people come mm -hmm. and just test, just try, mm -hmm. you know? And some of these were horrible as well. Yep. But that's how I learned, you know? So that was like my tuition. Most of the things I did, 18 and 19 did not work. Like 95% did not work. They're a waste of time. But it wasn't a waste so because that's stop? what I learned. Yeah. You know what I mean? But just stop, Neil. That's It's it. not working. That's true. But what I found was like the small amount that did work was so cool yeah. and got me so much further than the stuff before that I was like, man, that's like a glimpse. Mm -hmm. It's like just a little bit of that. Oh, dude, I'm 
like you get handed an opportunity that used to take you years yeah. from one video. And what's cool about that is it's you realize it's not really about being an influencer or views mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the metrics. You you just like it sounds cheesy, but you just need one. Correct. You need yes. to connect with somebody on that video. You build the relationship with one individual who's watching. That's it. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was actually, I think it was at that same event because obviously we've been creating content for a long period of time. And I've told people this, I don't know how many times, but I loved the way that Pace Morby said it when he said, my core job is to create Pace clones. Yeah. And when he said it that way, it was just like a, what a like perfect succinct way to say it, where yep. it's like me and you are talking right now, but somebody right now is watching a video of you and somebody else is watching a video of me talk to them about something completely different than what you and I are talking about right now. Yeah, It's like when you really start wrapping your mind around how powerful that can be and how it could be everywhere. Yeah. Like somebody could be watching you on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, reading an email, yeah. listening to a podcast. Somebody could be doing all of those things right now as you and I are having a conversation. Yeah. They're building a relationship with you and then probably DMing you to do business with you that you're going to have to respond to once we get off of this podcast. Yeah. Like while you're sleeping. Yeah. While you're doing this, you know, so it's just duplicating yourself. Correct. And it's a simple thing. But so many people don't do it. It's your best oh. business development rep. That's it, you know? man. You hired the best person you know. Yeah, take, right. right. Like it's like you, you're doing it. You close people like nobody else will just duplicate yourself. So that part I think is where um, once you see the benefits of that, even if it's just small, you're like, man, okay, I'm on to something here. When, and then when, you stick with it. When did you start really like investing into the content strategy? So I started really in the beginning because I had, like you just said, I wasn't like a creator. Yeah. I was like a guy who had entrepreneur had, turned creator, not yeah. creator turned entrepreneur. Exactly. Right? So I had a little bit of success in business, you know, could deploy some capital. So I was like, okay, I can buy, I can hire <laughs> someone to help me with some videos. Mm-hmm. I could make them look good. I could, you know, buy some equipment, that kind of thing. So I started doing that, but I quickly realized you can invest in all the video and equipment. All that. If you don't communicate well, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you're like the dude who bought the most expensive tennis gear. That sucks, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. all that kind of shit. So it's like $300 basketball shoes. Yeah. But you don't know but, how to dribble. Yeah, exactly. So that was me. I had the bet. Like I bought the cameras. Most of them just sitting around. Don't even know how to operate them properly. Eric's trying to teach me stuff, but it's just, you know, I'm not getting anywhere with this. So yeah. what I found was got to teach people what you really know, like, could you become a better educator on be a better communicator, more confidence on camera, all this stuff that just comes with the reps. Mm-hmm. And so I just started doing more of that and then figuring out what works. Cause you saw, you know, the platform is always changing. That's why when you mentioned like somebody will come up and say the same old thing, sometimes the same old thing isn't what even works. It doesn't even work anymore. Bro, yeah, right. You're telling a strategy from two years ago right. and it, or six months ago that doesn't even work today. Mm-hmm. So things are moving that quickly. So you got to be like a real student of the game. And for me, I'm a nerd. I love treating this like a video game. You know, like, dude, how do we hack attention? Sure. What's sure. the algorithm change that you can hack in there to get more reach? Yeah. It's the same thing going back to like direct mail. What's the freaking font on the envelopes that results in more opens? Mm-hmm. That's the same type of shit. Like, I'm like, okay, what hooks do we use? And I've seen you talk about this. Like, how did you go viral on YouTube shorts? This type of hook, this mm-hmm. type of video. And then what's the purpose of all this? Not to get the vanity metric is to get more free reach out of these platforms. I caught like my tent. I'm trying to bring more people into the tent. Yeah. So that way I could make a bigger impact, find my people. So mm-hmm. I'm like creating content for the masses. So I have the opportunity to reach the few Yes. that could move the needle for my business and yeah. I could move the needle for them. We could do business together, help each other. So that's been my thing is like, Hey, this is, it's kind of fun when you think about it. Yeah. What are the things that would work? What doesn't work? All that kind of stuff. How do you think of being polarizing in your content when you're in, cause you're in kind of like professional services space, yeah. right? You're in real estate, you're in investing, you, know, yeah. you can't really, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but it's typically, you know, frowned upon to be maybe, I don't know, verbose or silly or yeah. talking about whatever religion, politics, extremely polarizing topics, but you still kind of want to exactly what you were just kind of re- referring to earlier. You still want to you still want to get your message out to a mass amount of people so that you can find the people that really like you yeah. and repel the people who don't like you. Right? Yeah. It has to do both of those things. In my opinion, right? Good marketing repels, it attracts the ideal person as much as it repels the non-ideal person. Yeah. So I found it's in two categories. The content you create that would you know, have a lot of reach 
And then there's also other content you create that speaks to your people, your tribe, right? And both can work. You know, not every piece of content has to do it all. Mm. But one piece of content you can make with the specific goal of just bringing more people into the tent, more wide appeal, and you're trying to reach the most amount of people. Another what, piece of what's content. A, what's an example of that? Before so that we... would be like teaching a topic, taking a niche topic and giving it broad appeal. So a niche topic could be this new loan program that helps you buy a house. Okay. Right. And it's called XYZ program. Most people in the industry will just tell you about this new program and they'll give you the acronym and they'll tell you, nobody gives a shit about that. They care mm -hmm. about how it helps them. Right. Mm -hmm. So you come up with a hook, like here's a simple tool that helps you buy a home, even if you don't have the best credit or, you know, I'm just giving you a basic sure. example. Right. But that here's would be, get your house with no money down. Yeah. Whatever. That would appeal to people, not just who are in the transaction or in that window who might need you, but like they would save it. They would share it with the family friend. Like it would have more appeal. And so you're giving them real tricks, hacks. I think everybody's interested. I did benefit. This is just a benefit I had of like getting on social in 18 and just like following all these people. You could have access to some people who, you know, have huge brands today, like people like Gary Vee, for example. I remember seeing an Instagram story and he was like, man, I just came out with my latest case with sneaker. Mm -hmm. If you buy X number of them, you can come hang out with me in my office. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I'll fucking buy that, you know? It's like $5,000 worth of K-Swiss, which I donated to a kid's school because I didn't want him. Right. And then I got to go hang out at his office. And I was in, that was the first time I met him in, in like 2018 or 19. And I was like, Gary, I'm in the mortgage industry. It's super boring. What kind of content can I create? He's like, financial fitness. People love the trips, the tricks, the hacks. Mm. It doesn't, like, why is Cindy, what's her name? Orman, Susie Orman. Oh, freaking, yeah. what's the old dude who's super rich? The freaking guy. Uh, Dave Which Ramsey. One? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like these guys give out the financial yes. hacks. Right. It's a big thing. Like people want to get their money right. They want to learn about what do you know about investing and, and mortgage and real estate? Like put those tips out there and, yeah. the, and present them in the right way. That's your ticket. Don't just talk about like the latest program. So that type of content everybody's interested in. I think mm -hmm. I can bring more people in your tent. It's not polarizing at all, sure. Maybe, but you deliver it in your way. It's your style. Sure. So like my style is different than your style, which is different than somebody else. So I think people can eventually tell this dude's for real. Mm -hmm. So your delivery style. And then the other type of content I found that works really well to get business and speak to your people is two ways. One way is proving competence. So what can you post that would prove you're competent? Success stories, client reviews, testimonials, your take on the news. What's a industry practice that you stand against? Hmm. Dude, I hate that the people in my industry do this. Yeah. That's kind of polarizing. But at the same time, it separates you from all your competitors. Yeah. Right? The industry takes a standardized approach. My team and I, we go deeper with each person to find a custom solution. So yeah. in this world of tech and push button, get house and all that type of shit, it's not like that. We do this. So now you've separated yourself, right? So that's a way to prove competence. You know, like all these questions you can talk about on social that would just show you, you know your shit. Take a news article and apply it to the consumer. Mm -hmm. Like drill, make it simple. That shows like, dude, you know your stuff. You're mm -hmm. on top of it. That to me has generated the most amount of business. And then the second part is like what you just said. How do you like repel the people that you don't want to work with and attract your tribe? Mm -hmm. That's where you just show more of your personal life for me. Yeah. Like, what are the things I'm into? What are the music I'm in? What am I doing with my family? <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you want people to know about you? And so when I started incorporating that, and a lot of people don't want to, because they're like, dude, I don't want people to know this one thing about me. That's cheesy. Or like, that's weird. But I just say it like this, dude, if you, what are the things your friends and your family like love the most about you? Mm -hmm. Like, what if you showed that on social? What are the odds that some other people might like that shit too? Yep. They might find your weird sense of humor funny, or yeah. they might find the fact that <laughs> you like this cool. It's the fear of the people that are going to hate it is yeah. why they won't put it out. But those people That's just really hit the unfollow button. Right. So like for me, I'll have a piece of content go viral. You get a bunch of new followers. Then you as, I, followers. as I yeah. start posting stories, I literally see it go down. Yeah. They're leaving. I'm yeah. like, fuck, you know, you're leaving. Don't leave. Yeah, you don't know. But they just leave because they yeah. didn't like, they, like, dude, they're like, your story popped up and it was you, I don't know, doing whatever. Yeah. And you're like, dude, I don't want to follow this guy. And they unfollow. Cool. Right. Like just let it, it's just a process. Like bring them in and then keep the ones that want to be there. The other ones leave. We lose sight of the fact that social like content in general is there to build relationships and trust with people. Yeah. And at the end of the conversations. Day, at the end of the day, you're always going to have a better relationship and have more trust with somebody with whom you share common interests or yeah. you have certain commonalities with, whether it's your sense of humor or 
a show that you're watching on Netflix or the restaurant that you like to go to or the type of beer that you drink or not drinking at all or, you yeah. know what I mean? Like whatever that thing is, there's quirks that all of us have about how we choose to live life, our personalities, everything about that. And it's really easy to get scared about the negative feedback that you're going to get and let that hold you down from the potential future positive feedback. Yeah. Because the negative feedback, in my experience, has always come first before yeah. the positive feedback. Like anytime I'm doing something that's not generic, that's not like, you know, th that's just more interesting or or it's or it's maybe a little bit edgy or it's showing a part of my sense of humor that maybe not everybody likes. Yeah. The negative feedback comes first because the algorithm searching for the people that are going to like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to kind of deal with some of the negativity in the meantime until it attracts more members of your tribe and until those other people finally just fuck off and go yeah. follow somebody else's stuff. You it's know huge. I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's kind of divisive. Like yeah. if people don't, you want it to have a little bit of a debate. So mm -hmm. there's people posting content, trying to be polarizing. Like mm -hmm. it's, you shouldn't be trying that hard. Like you should just be showing and maybe Correct. people don't vibe with it or maybe they disagree with what you're saying. That's a healthy debate. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't have to try. It's just like share more of what you really think. Like what's yeah. your thoughts on this topic? Share them honestly. Right. If that is kind of polarizing, that's cool. But I think when people try to do it, then it's like, yeah, you're, Absolutely. you're just like attention hungry. Yeah. I've had yeah. some friends who've like, who've tried to be polarizing and then it inevitably takes them down this path of like, of political polarity. Yeah. And then they get sucked into these either right-wing or left-wing vortexes and then lose track of their entire mission. They're like sacrificing their long-term brand for short-term views. Yep. You know, it's like, well, I'm, but it's it's working. It's getting a lot of views. It's like, well, that's not always the metric to decide whether or not it's working. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like you should also be thinking about, is this the type of stuff that I want to be known for? Do yeah. I want this to be a part of my brand? Do I really want my most watched videos to be a strong stance on fill in the blank on this yeah. big political topic or this religious debate. It's like, do I really like, especially if you're in want that? marketing or you're right. in finance, like right. you you're not I mean? trying to sell a book on religion, then maybe like, yeah, ease back a little bit, you know, like let your personality come through, but or, or just make sure that you're asking yourself the question, I guess is my point yeah. of like, yeah, that video may have gotten more views than this video, but does that mean that we should go create a bunch more content like this video? Cause ultimately I don't want to be the next Ben Shapiro. You yeah. know what I mean? I still want to be a, a real estate expert. I still want to be looked at as a, you know, entrepreneurial figure. Yeah. I don't want to be this political talking head or like a pastor of a church or the next yeah. Richard Dawkins. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, you know, sometimes it's okay to let those things shine through, but yeah, always, you know, have some clarity around where am I, I think, headed with this? And I like the fact that, you know, you talk about, Hey, you got to put out content that you know, teaches your expertise, you can help people with, but then at the same time, it's not like, so you're looking at your niche, what do you want to teach? What's the best way to do that? The most, you know, the most innovative way, the best way to keep attention with that. That's cool. But you're not like going into a topic just for the sake of views. Yes. You know correct. I mean? That's where I think it goes wrong because now like you're just playing a game of like, you know, whatever, it just doesn't serve you long-term. And then right. it just like the audience isn't going to be quality. So I've noticed a lot of people have audiences. Some are worth more than others. Mm -hmm. So for me, the best part has been building a real community. Yeah. Like what's a community of people? And I look at like the algorithms and they keep getting worse in certain parts, better in sort of like short form content. You have the ability to go viral for free. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That didn't exist a couple of years ago. That's a cool thing. But other than that, the algorithm is always worse. When I post an Instagram story, it shows it to fewer of my followers. When mm -hmm. I post a regular picture of me and my family, it shows it to fewer of my people. Mm -hmm. So like you're reaching less and less people over time. And so like in that thing of like you're posting and you're not reaching as many people, how do you get people off that into an actual community? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Email is great. Sign up, you know, opt in, come to in-person events. That's why like, I love doing in-person events. Like get the relationship off of Instagram into like yeah. another platform. Is that why you started your event? I know you have you have yeah. forward coming up in Vegas, July fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth. Just fourteenth, fifteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. Okay, in Vegas, at July fourteenth, fifteenth, at Resorts World, twenty twenty three. Got a great lineup of speakers. Is yeah. the reason you got into events to build community, or was there another catalyst? Yeah, it was a to build to to have a place to meet up with people and like minded people who all have the similar goal and want to meet each other, mm -hmm. help each other, and then also I had been to so many events. And I was like, you, you ever go to a business and you're like, dude, I could do this better. Mm -hmm. 
and then I actually did that. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make my thing better than the standard thing. Yeah. So I was like, there's the standard formula for a conference in my industry. I want to blow that out of the water, make yeah. mine different and stand out. So you think about this. This is a cool topic, actually, that would help a lot of people. I was listening to this podcast the other day and people were talking about some big brands that have been developed in the last five, 10 years. And they were very like, they weren't new or that innovative. It wasn't some new thing that they invented. They found an existing category and blew up within that. So mm. for example, you ever go to the shop, the freaking grocery store and you look in the vitamins section and there's these vitamins, Ollie. Mm -hmm. Yep. They have really we cool branding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I bought that shit too. And you know why you bought it? Because it freaking looked cool and they, they look like candies. And they're, yeah, I was going to say, because they're gummies and I'm they're a child in my heart. Yeah, so. exactly. Dude, I love sour <laughs> pass kids, bro. I don't want to swallow a multivitamin before I go to bed. I want to yeah. chew a gummy cherry. And whatever. they're freaking good. Yeah. And your kids will eat them and they're probably yeah. got all the shit in them that you need. Maybe some stuff you don't need. I don't know. Probably, yeah. But <laughs> the thing is, they took over and they blew up. Yeah. Why? Stale category, innovative branding. Yeah. So mortgage, stale as fuck. Yeah. Innovative brand wins. Real mm -hmm. estate, same thing. Conferences, they're terrible, most of them. 90%. Yeah. Boring. A couple keynote speakers, the rest of the day's filler. Or it's a pitch fest and you're just being sold to all day. Mm -hmm. Like stale category for sure. So I want to innovate within that category. And all of a sudden you stand out. Mm -hmm. So with Forward, in three years, we've blown up. Like not to, I'm not anywhere close to where I want to be, but we've had like probably a decade worth of progress in two years mm -hmm. just by being super innovative yeah. within a stale category. So anybody who's listening, you think about categories, like it's, it, you can find more and more examples of this. Yeah, Quip Just, did that with toothbrushes yeah. and toothpaste. Same uh, shit. Yeah, what's that? A Manscaped yeah. with clippers. You know, like if, if, you, if you bought the first version of Manscaped clippers, they were shit. Yeah. Like all they did, literally all they the did branding. was buy cheap clippers from China, slap Manscaped on the brand, and then had fantastic branding and marketing. Yes. And then their second and third products were actually like innovated by them with a product team and they're really good. Yeah. But they became but famous. That, that because was of like their, their MVP. That was like their right. proof of concept. Absolutely. People will buy this shit. Okay. Yeah. Now if we need we to actually have make better it better. marketing and branding. Yeah. yeah. And then they actually followed it up with a good product. <laughs> yeah. So for me now in a world where it's noisy, there's a lot of people trying to make money, trying to do marketing, trying to do videos, trying to. How do you stand out? Well, mm -hmm. you could be yourself, authentic. That's innovative. Mm -hmm. And then just up the quality. Like, this is good quality shit you got going on here. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you guys take some time to make sure that we can be clearly heard. We have a yeah. mic, we have clear video. Like, stand out. Well, that was the whole reason for Dinner Party. Yeah. The, the episodes that we were filming was is that exact thing. We just, we kept working with, with some of our coaching clients yeah. on, on their shows because, you know, I just get sick of like the whole thing where everybody's just like, yeah, I have a podcast. But their podcast is like their redheaded stepchild. It's like we have it and we post content there, yeah. but it's always half-assed. It's just yeah. willy-nilly. Let's turn on the camera. I got a couple ideas in my brain. Let's just spitball it and see how it goes. Yeah. And then they wonder why it doesn't grow. And then they talk shit about the platform. You know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah. you're just not, you're not treating it properly. Yeah. So dinner party is just kind of kind of like it's going to be an experiment for the next you know year, year and a half because. You know, it's expensive to create one of those episodes. It was time consuming to create one of those episodes. It's difficult to schedule all the guests on a certain day when you yeah. have that many busy people. And then to have to clear by the venue, to get the gear rentals, to have the staff show up to like, it was a whole thing. It was like a yeah. production. So we'll probably do like one every six to eight weeks or something like that. But it was an experiment just to be like, what if we gave it our absolute best shot at quality to yeah. do something that nobody else in our space is even thinking about doing because everybody's just doing the same played out stuff. Yeah. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it's largely based on the personality behind the mic, not based on the production value of the actual event. So yeah, it's a it's an experiment for us, but it's largely based on exactly what you just said. Like how can we create something that's kind of the same, but also completely different and innovative and much higher quality. Yeah, that, I mean, else. that's what the first thing I saw about it. Like, I don't even know what it's about, but I was like, man, this is well done. Yeah. I can see the quality. So if somebody took it that serious, maybe it is good. Yeah. Like right. you give it, so you're really just trying to buy a few more seconds from mm -hmm. somebody. So that way they have the opportunity to learn how fun it was or what value is there. So don't like shoot yourself in the foot by doing it half-assed. Right. And then now you're blaming the fact that there's no reach. Yeah. Well, like, bro, would you watch your own stuff? Like, That's if you wouldn't even watch test. it, yeah. Would you watch this, honestly? Yeah. And like, ask somebody their honest opinion. Get. That's the other cool thing about like being in this in, in the entrepreneur 
category of like masterminds and these things, like you can ask people for honest feedback mm -hmm. and they'll give it to you. They're like, dude, great job here. But honestly, here you need you need to level up. Man. Yeah, this was yeah. weak. And, and the then, food sucked. Yeah. Or the speakers weren't that great. Or, yeah. Give me your feedback. Or like yeah. when you do your content, you know what? You lost me there. Mm -hmm. It drags. I'm just being real. Like this doesn't work. Right. And then you'd be like, oh shit, thank you. I'm going to go back and I'm going to fix that. Or you give a talk. Where did I lose you guys? Where yeah. were you bored? And then now you know that you need to tweak that. Like watch, like it's like sports, bro. People would watch film. They get better. Mm -hmm. they take, those who take it seriously win. Those who don't lose and don't even get a chance to play. Yep. Like treat this the same way. Yeah. People forget that you have direct competitors, like your direct circle of competitors in your, especially when it comes to creating new content or putting on an event or whatever. Yeah. But the product that you're selling with your content is attention. Yeah. So you have a lot more to worry about than your direct competitors. It's like, well, I'm doing better than so-and-so does, who's also a whatever, a mortgage professional or real estate expert or whatever. And it's like, but you don't have to beat just so-and-so because every second this person's watching you is a second that they could be watching Joe Rogan yeah, or Ben Shapiro or Anna Kasparian or Grant Cardone or name anybody else who's creating content online. Yeah. And that's just talking about YouTube and podcasts. We haven't even touched on Netflix, Amazon Prime, yeah. Apple TV Plus, Hulu. Like there is no shortage of people that are trying to gain and retain attention. You're yeah. not just competing with so and so who sells mortgages at the office down the street. Yeah. <laughs> you are competing with Apple TV with an unlimited budget of billions of dollars that they're plugging into these brand new programs and programming and television and content after content after content. And yeah. your ass is just like throwing up a camera with a shitty mic and nothing. And just yeah. like, let me talk about mortgages for four minutes. And then it doesn't go viral. And they're like, Oh, I'm shadow banned. You yeah, know, and it's yeah. like, Oh, maybe you just suck a yeah. little bit. And that's okay because we all sucked for a while, 100%. but don't just let yourself suck. Do something now that makes you better. Like learn from that. Watch the game film to your point yeah. and do better next time around. Big time. <laughs> and the other part is there's one thing going for you that those big people don't have and those companies have. And that's the relatability factor. Absolutely. That's the fact that if you did it, I can do it. It's that, you know, I'm one step ahead of you. I'm not 50 steps ahead of you. I'm not mm -hmm. a celebrity. I'm just like you. Yep. And I've done it. So follow along. So this I can is show me you three years ago. Yeah. yeah. That power, like that zero to hero is a, is a huge thing yeah. in marketing. Your personal story is your biggest piece of marketing. Yeah. And so if you're selling or promoting anything and you've done it yourself, or if you haven't done it yourself, if at least you've helped others do it, like your clients, here's the clients I take from A to B. And I keep showing that over and over. Yes. You're not freaking Apple or Netflix. Mm -hmm but you've got something they don't have. You know, you've got that relatability and you're like on the ground level with these people. So right. if you up your quality, now you can actually compete Yeah, because you've got something, you got a leg up on these people that they don't have. Exactly. They, Zillow and all these big companies, they don't have a dude on the ground in Vegas mm -hmm. helping people. Yep. You know? You just got to increase your effort Yeah, and understand that like people's attention can go to literally anywhere. Yeah. So you got to give them a reason to be with you. Other thing that you brought up too, which is just true in, in everything in business is you're not entitled to shit. Yeah. Nobody owes you fucking views. They right. don't owe you their business. Like, oh, so-and-so is winning and I'm not. Well, fuck, maybe learn from them. Mm -hmm. Like, what are they doing differently? Maybe it's not fair, but they somebody hooked them up. Yeah. Okay, well, how do you get your hookup? Like, exactly. What, what, can, what value could you provide to people so that you could get that shortcut too? It's a tough pill to swallow sometimes because there's been recent recently where I've gone to people who I kind of initially wrote off when they first entered the space yeah. that I've kind of had to swallow my ego and go like, you know what? Whatever they're doing is working. Yeah. And sometimes it's difficult to swallow your ego and, yeah. and admit that you need some help. But that like we all do. And to your point earlier, the algorithms, everything about what we do is changing constantly. Yeah. So if you're not committed to the process of learning and growing, there's always going to be somebody coming up behind you that will be. Yeah. You know, they got that chip on their shoulder still. They got that ambition that's like pushing them and driving them to figure it out. And then you just got a little too comfortable. And that's when you have what we're talking about earlier, which is the speaker who gets up and talks about these awesome social media strategies that aren't even applicable anymore because yeah, that's what worked game. for you two and a half years ago when you yeah. were in the game and now you're not, but you're still known for it. So you still teach the old shit because you don't really know what's working now. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you get all, you know, your ego gets hurt and you get 
really fragile and you won't, you're not willing to go listen to anybody that's coming up and, and, you know, it's like, well, they've only been doing it for two years and I've been doing it for eight years. It's like, yeah, but if it's working, it's working. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about it. That's actually the awesome thing about it is like the market decides whether it's good. hundred percent. You know, there's, there's not a lot of preferential treatment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you can get better at certain things. Like I didn't care about Twitter or writing. Hmm. And then I started getting, doing that in the last couple of years and then slowly got better at that. And that's just the skill of like copywriting. Hmm. Like how do you get a huge thought into just a few lines yeah. and have it impact people? No video, no shit, like nothing. All you have is your words on a screen. And so, yeah, there's things you could, for me, I'm just like a student. I just want to learn more. Yeah. So I'm always trying to think like, what could I do to get better at this? I want, I, like the one thing I want to do is when I do teach something or present something, I want it to have already been tested proof. Like I said earlier, like nothing sells like results. Nobody's going to listen if, it, if you don't sh- prove that it works. Mm-hmm. So when I, you said something about like you show actual business results, that's, I start with that because then people will pay attention because they're not going to just watch. I mean, they're not like, it'd be cool to think everyone's going to like, yeah. like you for you, but everyone's selfish. Mm-hmm. They want to know what's in it for them. So if you're like, hey guys, I know you're trying to grow your business. Here's something I did to grow mine. Mm-hmm. Here's proof it works. And let me teach you how. Like I found that formula works with even a crowd of people that don't know who the fuck you are. You know, yeah. you can, the results will speak for themselves. And that's why people continue to follow you. Yeah. It's because they want something that you have done or you, some result that you have. Yeah. We've put out a few videos recently about why Alex Shimozi blew up and, you know, and there's so many video people that are analyzing the text and the copy and this and that. And just like, well, I have a theory. It could yeah. be because he wrote a viral book in the middle of exiting his company for like $57 million. Maybe that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that might have dude, something he, to do with it. He showed his podcast going back long time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Seven years ago. And so he's yeah. been doing it a while. And he's also good at creating yeah. valuable content and, and dude, has the, the proof to back it up. And he's freaking smart. Like yeah. you looked at the, He just made a post recently and it shows his whole career. He's like, I turned, it was on his birthday. I think I saw that one. Yeah. And it like documented dude went to freaking school, graduated magna cum laude from yep. Vanderbilt. Plus he did this, then he worked this, then he did this, then he did this. And yep. he's got like the track record of success. Mm-hmm. Like I remember seeing him at an event, me and Eric were at an event with Brad, Brad Lee's office. And mm-hmm. this was like 2019 and Hermosi spoke there. Mm-hmm. He didn't even look the same as what he looks like now. It was a really, if I'm being honest, it was like a bad presentation, mm-hmm. but the knowledge in there was like, dude, this guy's a freaking genius. Yeah. He just was, it was not presented in the right way. So he was going over a spreadsheet and all these Facebook ads, analytics and all these things. And everybody was lost. <laughs> but I was like, man, this guy, like, there's a reason he's here. Yeah. And then years later, I was like, oh shit, same thing, but packaged differently. Yeah. So that's another cool point of like, hey, whatever you're teaching, you got to package it in a certain way. Just, I've seen a lot of people who are That's a really, skill by itself. Yeah. Like yeah. they're really good at what they do. Super rich, successful, but terrible at teaching it. Mm-hmm. And so you get better. Obviously he's a perfect example. He got super good at teaching it. Yeah. Just communicating through reps. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine 
is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So you were entrepreneur turned creator. We have a lot of people listen to the show that are in that boat. We also have a lot of people listen to the show that are creators and they're trying to learn how to make money online. So like yeah. they have a podcast or they have a YouTube channel or they're doing reels or clips or something to try to to try to get out of their nine to five and start making money online. Yeah. What would your advice be to somebody like that who like they're not making six figures, they're not in sales, they're not in any aspect of business. They work a job and they're cr- trying to create some sort of a living around a topic or something that they care about and they're just, they're not able to monetize. What, what would your advice be to them? So I would say this, find people who are in the entrepreneur and business space who need help with X. Hmm. So if you reached out to people like you and me or anybody in business, what are the things you need help with? Like, and then you, you made an offer around that. You know what I mean? So like maybe they need help with, like a lot of people do is social media marketing, mm-hmm. you know, video content creation. It could be, something with ads yeah. could be something with YouTube. It could be a niche within a niche. Mm-hmm. For example, there was a guy who I found recently who's really good at setting up YouTube ads. So not even like paid media in general, just yeah, yeah. specific to just YouTube and Google AdWords. He knows the ins and outs and he'll have you have a way better ad spend and get results from your YouTube ad, guaranteed. Here's the proof, proof, proof. Okay, so how do you get to be that person? Is he just tried, like he did it probably for free for somebody first to learn offered it and then got better and better at it. So I would say this, you got to have a skill. Yeah. Like the skill can't be that you make content on its own. Like that's a commodity. Mm-hmm. Every, anybody could hire someone to make content. It's a, it's like, I make content that gets X. Mm-hmm. So I don't just create content. I make content that gets you more clients. Yeah. Here's my success story, my success story, my success story. And, and starting I can help with you one specific thing. Like yeah. I write tweets that convert. Yes. Or I make short form content from your long form content. Yeah. Or it's I, one, it's yeah, a niche. Yeah. And I'm really fucking good at it. So the right? idea is then you can make money. Yeah. So the idea is start a business essentially. Yeah. Like yeah. what's this acquire skill? If you don't have, if you have a skill, monetize the skill. Sure. Teach people how to do it or help people and charge a fee for that. Cool. If you don't have a skill, get a skill. Get a skill. <laughs> yeah. You need a skill. Like, how are you going to stand out? Right. So maybe your skill is you freaking. You're a G in Excel. I don't know. Fuck. Mm-hmm. You just, you know that shit and you have a little mini course on it yep. and you provide consulting and yep. then you work your way up from there. And honestly, the skill could be video editing, sure. content creation. There's niches in there too. And probably is that. If I'm you're sure. if you're a creator, you know what I mean? And yeah. you just, you can't figure out how to make more than 300 bucks a month from these random sponsors or affiliate deals that you're getting and you're just like banging your head against the wall because yeah. you hate your job. But you want that service to somebody else. Yeah, and it could be copywriting. I would say that videos that actually get results would be the best way. So then you just go deep on like, why is this person winning? What was the way they wrote it? What was the way they delivered it? What's the tonality they used? Get into all that shit. Just become a student and then learn it, practice it, execute it, and then do it for people for free or for low money so you can get the results. So I would reach out to someone like you and be like, dude, I'm really good at finding the best clip that can do X for your business. You don't even have to pay me, but can I, or just do it for you. Yeah. Be like, here, I've already done that. I took your last episode. I did this and I gave it to you. We, we had a guy send us a cold DM. I think we, I think we sent him a couple clips to, yeah. to edit because he, he came out, he came out like that. We've had people, like, I'm sure you get a ton of DMs from people like oh, this yeah. who are like, I'll cut up your content. I'll cut up your content. But it's mostly, you know, offers to buy their stuff. Well, this one guy came in and was like, I'll do it for free. And you only have to pay me if it gets over a hundred thousand views. Oh, and sure. I was like, okay. Yeah. Deal. Like as long as I know you're not buying fake views on some random bot site, yeah. then like you have yourself a deal. That's a good offer. You That's know what huge, I mean? Yeah. But I'm I even if we didn't send him stuff, I have no doubt that that kid will turn that into a six-figure business within 12 months if he keeps sending that offer to people. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's a guarantee. Yeah. It's like an offer that you can't refuse. Mm-hmm. Right? So Cuz um, it's not I don't want more clips. Yeah. I want more views. Yes. I want impressions. Yeah. So you're, so you're selling me the result. 
reverse engineering. Yes. So what do you need help with? What's the right. one thing you need more than anything? Oh, I need this. Yeah. I can help with that. People think they need clips. In reality, they need impressions. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, so clips provide impressions a lot of times, but sometimes if your clips suck, they don't provide impressions. Or it's like your be, social might look okay, but if all yeah. of them get 212 views because they're cut up by a VA in the Philippines and no shade to anybody that does that, I'm just saying like a lot of times they're a lot of those types of working relationships is just that they're just workhorses and they, they yeah. just cut up a bunch of clips and cut up a bunch of clips. And it's like, well, that's not the metric of success. Yeah. It's got to have a good hook. The clip has to be well chosen. It can't just be a clip for the sake of having a clip. It's got to stand on, alone without context. It's got to have the ability yeah. to go viral. It's got to have a good hook or three that we can test. You know what I mean? Like he did a good job, of, like you said, reverse engineering the goal, which is not more clips. The goal is more impressions. Yeah. And then said, if I can do this for you, I'll do it for free. And you only pay me if the result that you want is actually achieved. And I was like, okay. Sure. Yeah. Here's a couple of videos. See what you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the part of like, maybe it's a niche within the niche of content creation. I help you get more conversions. Mm. I help you use Instagram stories to get this. And so yeah. getting just like, so anybody who's listening, trying to get us, you got to get good at something and then monetize that. And if you're already blessed and good at something, just monetize that thing. And then now it just becomes about what's the right way to package it. Sure. And build that business. So in 2018, you started creating content. Yeah. At this point, you have 140,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, something like that. You got, you're putting out content everywhere. You're omnipresent. Yep. At what point from 2018 to 2023, did you really start seeing an increase in like viewers, impressions, followers, everything going on? Uh, was, was there a particular, you know, 90 day time frame, or was this just been like slowly, gradually increasing from day one? So I would say this, the first account I made on Instagram you know, I started like, I'm trying to like buy time. You yeah. know how we're entrepreneurs. I'm like, okay, I'm going to hire someone to help me with this. Hired some company. They were going to help me with X, Y, Z. Turns out ruined my account. So yeah. I had to like shut it down, start a brand new one. I think I did that in 19. I started my current Instagram account from okay. scratch and, and just built it from just ground up and just building a community. Right. And so trying to get more people to watch the videos. And in the beginning, it was really slow. And then what I found was as Instagram reels to start taking off, you know, a couple of my pieces of content went like semi-viral and that brings a lot more people in and then a lot more <laughs> shares and saves. And then what you're doing in real life helps you too, because you speak at a micro event, it's only 50 people or whatever, but if like 40 of the 50 end up following you and sharing all your videos, it, mm -hmm. if those people have like 200 person audiences, now you're introducing to all them. So you can kind of like build it really from the ground up. Yeah. And then, What's cool is like the numbers look cool, but in reality, it doesn't mean shit because you need an actual, like what of those people, how many people are you like actually watching your stuff, sharing your stuff, yeah. engaging with you? And that's like a fraction of the total number. So it's cool to get these big numbers, but it, you know, like I'm more focused on the actual results. Yeah. The so, true fans. Like yeah. Kevin Kelly calls it. Exactly. And that's the, that's what really moves the needle. That's the people who are flying across the country to come meet, you know, hang sure. out and do all these good things. So that part's cool. I'm trying to now focus on other platforms too, obviously. But I think the one, the reason why I got so focused on Instagram was because of the fact that they're falling behind of TikTok. So they're pushing short form more, you know, now it's getting more difficult, but it's still really possible to get a lot of reach mm -hmm. with, without any ad spend. What's cool is also the DM feature. That doesn't exist on TikTok, really. Like mm -hmm. my DM on TikTok is all spam bullshit. Yeah. I don't get anything there. It doesn't even exist at all on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So that's specific to Instagram. And then the other part I like is Instagram has the right demographic for my business, which is millennials. Affluent millennials are there. There's a lot of broke people on social media, but mm -hmm. then, you know, there's a lot of people with the means that are there too. Mm -hmm. So it's like the perfect demographic for a lot of businesses is that millennial with money. Yeah. What is the primary thing that you're teaching or converting people into now? So I have my, you know, business, my, my core business, which is like real estate, mortgage stuff. But then my education company, which is Forward, we help people create within those industries, real estate, mortgage, insurance, financial services, any of those people, client service business. We help you with your personal brand, okay. creating content that gets results and staying on top of how the things are changing. So we have a group that's our like entry level group where you can join learn about how to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then also we have like calls every other week where, because things are constantly changing. Yeah. What we were talking about six months ago is what we're, is different than today. Even two weeks from now or two months from now, something new is going to come out 
and we're going to be on top of it, you yeah. know? So that's, that's a cool group to join. And then we have events throughout the year. We have a mastermind, like the highest level, which is like a mastermind of people who are, you know, just crushing it that want to be there and, and network and all that stuff. So just different tiers, basically. Yeah. Are you now in your personal life, do you, are you focused mostly on building your personal brand with your daily activities or are you still kind of operating your businesses? What does your yeah. daily schedule look like? I just, I'm doing the business stuff and then I just, just be intentional about showing more of what I'm doing. Okay. Because I found that that is the, the best way to grow my business is to grow my personal brand. Yeah. So for me, like people fought, like they love to see you build in public. So I got people that, you know, see, I tell them, Hey, I'm doing this. It may not work. I might fail, but here's what I'm working on. Sure. Or here I put half a million dollars of my own money into this event. It might be the worst investment ever, but here's what I'm doing. Here's why I'm doing it. Yeah. And here's what we're doing. And then show people all the steps and you're just like doing it in public. And what happens there is I think people like buy into the whole journey totally. and they see it and then they trust you more and relate to your thing. And it, it, it's cool. Cause it empowers people. Like you get so many messages that people like, Dude, I've been thinking about leaving my nine to five and starting something and, mm -hmm. and you gave me the courage to do that. And that's cool to see too. So forward, where can people go get tickets if even if they're if they're even, you know, still available? Cause I know you guys are pretty close to Yeah, we're right? just in that last group. You can go to forwardevent.com and there's tickets there. And that's gonna be in Vegas. Love to have people there. That's gonna be awesome. And you have some pretty sweet speakers lined up for that, right? Like yeah, we have like Ed Milet, Sean Cannell's gonna be there talking about you the latest in YouTube strategy. Sweet. This guy, Chris Doe who is oh, a yeah, uh, branding yeah. phenom. This guy's like one mm -hmm. of the best teachers I've ever found in marketing. He also has a YouTube channel with millions of subscribers in the future. Mm -hmm. He did He's, some advertising for our show actually earlier this year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So Chris is a great guy. He's going to be there teaching, you know, New York Times bestselling authors, subject matter experts, people that you may not even know, but mm -hmm. they're just great at teaching you something. Yeah. And then the audience, which is cool, is separate from the speakers, what you learn from stage. You know this, networking is huge. The dude sitting two seats down from you might have a bigger impact on your business than the guy on stage, right? So connecting with like-minded people, asking how you could help them so they could help you, all that kind of stuff. The number one reason to go to any event, man, for yeah. sure. Like I always tell people like, if you leave an event with seven pages of notes and no new contacts, you fucked up. Failed. You know, like you should leave an event with one to three practical things that you can implement into your business from the information that you learn from speakers, from stages, yeah. all this other stuff. One to three. Anything more than that, it's going to take way too. The implementation timeline is so far out that you're never going to take action on any of it. Yeah. Get one to three things and spend the majority of the rest of your time focused on meeting the people sitting next to you, on being at the networking yep. events. Stay up late. You know, like get some caffeine in the morning to wake you up. I don't know what to tell you, but yeah. like the reason to be Squeeze there it. Yeah. is for the people that are around you. Yeah. You know, those are going to be the people that you're going to be throwing events with in six years from now once you leave your nine to five and realize the next stage of your dreams, those are going to be people that you invite to speak at your event because yeah. you, you were both on the come up together and you remembered the first time you met at this one event, yeah. seven, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you so get easy. the con, like we're, we're spitting content right now Like you can listen to Neil's content on his podcast. You can listen to my content on my podcast. You can listen to Ed Milet's podcast. You can read his book. Not to say that you shouldn't pay attention to the speakers because they're awesome to watch in person. Yeah. However, like I said, if it's not one of your primary goals to leave, having met a bunch of other really cool people, then you're yeah. You're, and the, and the simple way the to reason. and just to kind of wrapping that whole part up, the simple way to do that is just walk up to people, introduce yourself. They're there to meet people too, mm -hmm. so don't feel weird about that. Even if you're an introvert, because I'm super introverted, I don't, I'm not Same. out like I'm not yeah. into that. But you just talk to people, ask them what's you know what's going, what, what where they're from, what's their business like, and then also ask them like what are you struggling with? Because everyone will tell you they're crushing it and all the good things. Nobody mm -hmm. tells you the bad stuff. Of course. So if you ask somebody, hey, like what's one thing you're struggling with, dude? Mm -hmm. And you're like, man, that's a weird question. But honestly, my CRM sucks. Or honestly, mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time on social. And then you're like, I can help there. Yeah. You know, like actually, dude, I know somebody. Either I can I or I say, know somebody. Yeah. Or I just met this guy who yeah. does that exact And you could just thing. be the connector. Yeah. There's so a people, lot of value in being the connector, man. Huge. Just being like, dude, I know someone that can help you. Yeah. Let me get your number. And then I'll text you after when we get back. And then, dude, do the one thing that nobody does. Follow, follow up. <laughs> How many times you meet somebody? Let's going to jump on a Zoom. Let's do yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Like we connected on text. Yeah. And then both of us like have the same thing of like we follow up. So I remember I followed up, you followed up. And then now we're here doing the thing. Yeah. How many times that doesn't happen? Like 98%, 99% of the time. They never, everything everybody says never happens. It's just a complete waste of, you're just freaking masturbating each other. Yeah. Nobody does anything exactly. that they say they're going to do. So I found like, you, 
I, I always think about this quote. You'd be surprised how easy it is to beat your competitor if you just try. All you have to do is freaking follow through. Yeah. Sent, so I love starting a text thread and then going, so not going back to the business cards that you left in your back pocket that your wife threw in the freaking Ditch washer. Em. Ditch them. Fuck all that. Yep. Just text people and then now go back to your text threads from that weekend mm -hmm. and just follow up. It's already open. It's open line commission. Just you can follow up. Send the link, the Calendly link to book the call, book the podcast, jump on a thing, whatever. Absolutely. And you win. Forwardevent.com. Yes, sir. Last question I'll ask you and I'll let you go. How did you sell tickets to the event? Were you doing paid marketing or is it all organic through your socials? What was so the this is there? This is cool. I, I wanted to try this. It's an accomplishment for me is I wanted to sell a thousand tickets to my event without one single ad. Wow. And we just, we were about to do that. And so not Congrats, one ad, just people, yeah, thank you, That's bro. huge. It's just people sharing it and me doing a good job last year. So people come back and they That's tell huge, all their friends man. and also building a community so I can email my list yeah. and let them know. And the, this is the thing I did seriously this year that I didn't do last year. So I'll tell you the first, whenever you're doing something, you got to do the shit that no one's willing to do. So the way I filled the room last year is I literally personally sent DMs to people mm. and personally invited. So I'd be like, Voice memo. Yeah. Not a fucking Philippines VA spamming people. Mm -hmm. I personally would not many chat. No, if I call that, yeah. it's like I DM'd you. I said, Hey, Travis, dude, we don't know each other yet, but we have a shared connection, Dan Fleshman, whatever. But, anyways, dude, I'm doing a sick event in, in Vegas on this thing. Would love for you to be there. It's going to be dope, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I personally did that like 10 every night, 20 every night, hours every day, inviting people and then learning like, where are people's roadblocks? Why aren't they coming? What, yeah. what, what gets people to take action versus not? And then delivering on the promise. So what I found yeah. was if you make a promise, like if I promised you this is going to be dope, yeah, it better fucking be dope, yeah, you know? Because exactly. if you come there and it sucks ass, I'm going to be like, you're never going to freaking believe you're me. You're back on the treadmill for next year. Right? Yeah. You so I'm do like, a bunch of DMs again. we have to deliver. Yeah. So I'm like, I remember delivering. And then at the end of the event, everyone's so stoked and happy getting testimonials. Mm. And I was already thinking, this event was to now help me next year. And hopefully I don't have to send thousands of DMs next year. So yeah. when we launched this year, we sold like half the tickets to the event on the launch. Good for you, dude. So that was cool. And then that gave me the momentum and then people share it. Sounds like a lot of work, Neil. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a, <laughs> the, nobody, everyone's like, dude, this is sick. You did this event, launched a mastermind. I'm like, oh yeah, dude, you didn't see all the shit ones. The 14 person one yep, that nobody beat up you did and that nobody showed up to yeah. and the, i sucked out or the box first, domino's pizza and yeah. a two liter bottle of mountain Dew. the first four we did during covid where you know i lost multiple thousands tens of thousands of dollars and yep. it was hard as hell to get people to come to and then yep. the next one where i lost hundred thousand dollars on so yeah i might make money but it took a long time to get there. You get punched bro. in the face a lot along the way. Yeah. And yeah. then you have to be doing a really good job to win. So right. people like want to launch this program or that program. Like, you know, you got to, you got to put in the work. For those listening or watching, man, selling a thousand seats to an event, a live in person where you got to book a flight and you got to get yes. a hotel. It's a hard thing. So a thousand tickets to an event is hard to do in general, but it's, it's almost impossible without paid advertising in some way. So congrats yeah. to you and all the success, man. You Thanks, definitely bro. deserve it. You putting in the work and I see all the stuff you're putting out. We've been learning a lot from the stuff that you, that, you, that you've been sharing. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for taking the time and I'm sure we'll be doing some more stuff in the future. Thanks, bro. Yes, sir. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode.